Welcome to Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, we're back. Yeah, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. And thanks to the magic of pre-recording, we are recording this right now before um, The Dark Knight hits theaters, which hopefully when it does it, it'll prove to be as, as exciting as this previews have been. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, we figured, like, since you're watching, since you're uh, all interested in seeing The Dark Knight, I want to... Well, I want to be interested in like um, some recommendations for like other bat- great Batman books. Now, I'm, a, I'm doing this assuming that you are all familiar with The Dark Knight, Batman Year, Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Returns, Batman Year One, um, and all these other um, pivotal Batman works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, Batman's is about as big as uh, you know. I mean, what as <laughs> Superman? I mean, yeah, just years and years and years ago, right? Yeah, but I mean. So, I mean, we have so many different versions of Batman. Like, you know, how would one choose, you know, what Batman yeah, is? Yeah, there's, there's so many Batman stories out there that it's it kind of gets to the point where you just have to, like, pick your own personal favorites. And that's, mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say all these are my personal favorites, but I just figured, like, hey, you know what? Like, just picking any random Batman book to talk about, mm-hmm. this will be good. Yeah. And certainly one of the most popular Batman books of recent years has been um, Hush, mm-hmm. um, the collaboration between um, Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee, which is a twelve issue storyline that basically that basically introduced a new villain to the Batman mythos, and actually not a whole lot else. Sadly, <laughs> now I'm sorry because like I actually I actually borrowed this from John. That like, these are his copies, but basically the storyline basically involves um Bat- Batman um, matching with a lot, all of his greatest foes like Poison Ivy, Killer Croc, um, um the Joker, Joker Harley Quinn, yes, says Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. All, but the thing is, like, they're all being manipulated by one uh, master villain, right. and it's Batman who has to figure out who he's dealing with um, before he actually winds up being falling, falling prey to to this particular villain himself. So who is it? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, well, the storyline's <laughs> called Hush. So. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, though, it's like it's. Honestly, I'm not saying it's a bad storyline by any means. It's like Loeb scripts a decent. I mean, like it's. It's basically like a like Batman's greatest hits. I mean, it's like does everything you sort of Batman story to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's about, he's going around beating the crap out of his out of his um all his rogues gallery. He's going he's um fi- he's doing being his detective stuff, finding out like finding out what's going why these people are going after him and stuff right. like that. And also, it's, got, it's by some beautiful art by Jim Lee, who does superheroes and superhero action like no one else does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing is though is that it's really. Not a whole lot more than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, but what else has Jeff Loeb done as well? I mean, have we talked about Jeff Loeb on this? No, we haven't. Podcast? I mean, it's like generally because Loeb. Um, well, I'm going to talk about his better known and better liked stuff, like um, the, his uh, Batman series, like um, the long, Ho- the long Halloween, Dark Victory, Cat- and Catwoman's um, when, when in Rome. Mm-hmm. Those are some great um, whodunit miniseries, like that. Uh, that are just they're superbly complemented by the art of Tim Sale, who does like who, even though he there's some nice bits of artistic license, like the Joker having twelve inch teeth, right? Yeah, he does, he does a great job of um of bringing all the all the stories to life. Yeah, and that's just, that seems to be Jeff Loeb's stock and trade by writing like lots of stories, like general like um, greatest hits type stories for like big art for big big name artists. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what he does for for the storyline of Hush right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like the the problem is though is that the uh, main the main villain antagonist in Hush is fairly easy to guess if you yeah. um if if you're um, paying attention because hey you know what this new guy who appears in this drawing hey he's probably he probably has a um, fairly important part to play in here. Fortunately, um, I mean, like if you've read The Long Halloween, then you'll know 
that one of the complaints was that, oh, wait, there is no body for this character. So he obviously has to be the, the villain. Let's just say Loeb has learned a few tricks from here, and he actually manages to camouflage it to a certain extent. But still, it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's overall, I mean, it's like, the problem is though that a lot of the Madden's conflicts with these villains, I mean, it's just him beating the crap out of people. There's no real depth um, to these to these conflicts. I mean, even with the Joker, it's set to it's, it was originally done to explain like why why does the Batman just finally kill the Joker? Why isn't he? Why does he let this guy live all these all these years? But no, we find out that Batman does it because oh, he has to show the, show the Joker that his way works, that his way is the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, it's great. That's the kind of thing you can expect from this series. I mean, I say that probably the less you've read of Batman, the more you might enjoy the series. But that's just me. It's like. Um, John? So, well, I mean, I tend to agree with you. I don't think that, uh, I think it is kind of a, a nice action-based story, yeah. you know. Um, and uh, and the, uh, the, the who is pulling the strings part of this, it <laughs> tends to be, um, uh, 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 oh, really? How about that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but... Um, Didn't see that coming. Yeah, exactly. So that's, the, you know... <laughs> Um, but I tend to agree with most of your assessment on it. But although I do enjoy the art, in the, and the art is is, is really good. Yes, um, Jim Lee. Jim Lee. He shows you why he's the best superhero artist in the business. Yeah, it is. It is good stuff. So, um, you know, for what it's worth, uh, you know, I personally, I did enjoy reading it. But it, there's not a lot of depth to it. I, I so that's you know, kind of like I said, agreeing with you on this one. Yeah, it's like with um, also the thing is that. Um, Loeb also winds up putting all, um, generally restoring the status quo back to the um, back to the original setup by the event, end of the story. I mean, it's like there. I would have liked to have seen him seen um, the whole Batman Catwoman relationship, like you know, carried carried on more, um, that developed more than what it, what is in this series. But basically, like generally, what we get out of the series is a new version of Harvey Dent, which has since been reset to his original Two Face incarnation. Right. Right. And also. A villain who is basically just best described as the equivalent of evil Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. In the beginning parts of this, I mean, well, right off the bat, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> um, That's awful. It's terrible. <laughs> you should not use that word. Um, uh, right from the get go, um, you know, it, it seems like you know Batman may die. Oh my gosh! Is not. <laughs> Course. Why would he? We've <laughs> got yeah. another volume to go. So overall, it's like I mean, it's it's it's, it's harmless. It's a harmless Batman story. I mean, it's like exactly. you're not, your life isn't going to be made any better or worse by reading this. Mm-hmm. But like, if, if you never read a Batman story, I mean, yeah, if you, it's might be one to show your kids. Like, hey, you want to know why Batman's so awesome? Here, read this, Sonny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. However, it's like moving on to more modern days. It's like one of the um, current writers who's been tackling Batman stories, Grant Morrison, who's made his name for like trippy superhero stories like like the ones in Justice League of America, um, New X Men, mm-hmm. and also doing great creator creator owned like psychedelic stuff like the Invisibles and the Filth. Now he's tackling Batman and his and his original storyline, Batman and Son, collected in an um now collected in an eight issue volume called Batman and Son naturally. Basically um brings in brings into continuity one of the um more interesting bits of Batman Apocrypha. Basically, the son he had with Talia al Ghul, mm-hmm. Ross's daughter. Right. And it's a, and basically, like, the first half, this, this volume, basically, like, first half of the story, the four, first four issues, basically with Batman having to deal with his, with his new son, Damien, 
who's basically like wants idolizes him. He wants to like be wants wants to be his, his perfect son, but he's also been raised by the League of Assassins, so he's also like a brutal killer as well, and tries to kill Robin, and also Tris makes a mess of things as well. I mean, it's it's fun stuff, and it's like Grant Morrison does a does a great job of like knowing how to script good action scene. Who he's also very well by artist Andy Kubert. Yeah, but this, but the storyline, it's like I mean, it's like it's a good setup. I mean, it's like you read this, you read the storyline, you are like, okay, this is good. Well, what happens next? After that thing is after this storyline, I mean, you get to feel he's coming back to, to Damien's story afterwards. But then you get also. Um, an interlude, a fun interlude, which is basically um, Morrison Knight bringing, going back to his Arkham Asylum tradition of Joker, someone who's super sane. Basically, he's all the incarnations of Joker you've seen over the years. Basically, him adapting to the times, him b- being like a like a, a lethal Joker or a crazy killer or just who's like absolutely batshit crazy. And it's this interlude is fun because it's well, it's interesting because it's, it's a it's a purely text story. She has Joker killing off all of his old associates in order to be reborn as something else. Hmm. And then also it comes down to him basically like, I'm trying to kill Harley Quinn at the very end, which is in- interesting in, a, in and of itself. Hmm. It would have been more interesting had the um, art been a little bit better, because even though this is a pure text story, the, the art, which is quite obviously and very generally not very good CG by, um, by John Van Fleet. Doesn't really add anything to the to the effect at all. And mm. If they had just gotten Andy Kubert to do spot art for this, it would have been a little better. Then you get some additional stories, which basically have has Batman um, coming face to face with some with three additional versions with some additional versions of himself. Well, that was those were set up in the first story arc, but I don't know. It's like it's I guess the problem with the story is that it's even though it's like the first eight issues of Grant Morrison's run on the Batman title, there's no it doesn't there's no clear uh, direction of that appears in the storyline, as opposed to what his work in the past with them, just League of America and X-Men. I mean, yeah, you get some fun stuff with him taking on a, a Venom, or a super-strength-enhanced version of himself that's been killing prostitutes. And then you get, like, um, the issue 666, which he imagines a, an adult Damien who's assumed the role of, of Batman, going around and fighting fighting um, Satan for the control of Gotham. I mean, that's that's fun. Fun in an overtop sense. Mm-hmm. But... Like I said, indiv- individually, like the story, the parts of these stories are are interesting by themselves. But, um, like I said it's it's a I guess this, you say this is the end of the, of the storyline that's where the the parts are less than the sum of a whole. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm interested to see if Morrison like ties this stuff together later on. But um, as it is, like I said it's probably more from more from people who've been reading Batman over the years than than anything than like casual fans. Okay. Okay. Anyone else? Okay. That being said, um, like my third lot, I got lots of Batman stuff in my library. I got like the see the two shorelines Matt Wagner did this miniseries, the Mad Monk, and Batman the Monster Man. I got we also talked about the other Jeff Loeb miniseries. Got um, David Laffin's City of Crime miniseries, mm-hmm. and also Batman vs Predator, which is far more fun than it's than it, than it would initially sound because hey, it's Batman vs Predator. Sounds like a bad B flick, right? <laughs> but uh, it sounds like a bad B flick, but it's actually a good B flick. Yeah, it's a good B flick. <laughs> yeah, and of course, like I said, if you haven't read um, the Dark, Dark Knight Returns or Batman Year One, right. led by Frank Miller, it's like it's highly recommended as well. Mm-hmm. As for um, Frank Miller's All Star Batman and Robin. 
I'm waiting until that comes out to trade paperback because I heard that's so bad it's good. Like it's just Batman, it's inches of Batman going around and I'm the goddamn Batman. And you're gonna do whatever the hell I want, bitch. Bam. It's just utterly ridiculous stuff. So for the um, this last bit of so that's a bit of recognition. I'm talking about actually five volumes of one Batman story mm-hmm. that called No Man's Land. Now I read the first volume. You let me. Yes. Actually, you let me borrow all of them. I've only gone through the first volume and started in the second one. But what about? Yeah. See, Batman's. No Man's Land. This is the story of like takes place a couple of years back in continuity. It's like after Batman, after Gotham's been hit with with plague, um, earthquake, and just all sorts of just general like regular stuff. Um, the governor just declared, declares Gotham City No Man's Land. Tells everyone, okay, everyone, get the hell out. It's like you know, it's like we're not going to deal with this anymore. Gotham City is more trouble than it's worth to deal with. Hmm. And at this point, well, now it's Batman versus. All the, all the villains who have basically like, taken up residence in the city, mm-hmm. and like he's got to try and restore some sort of order, and also has to contend with the Gotham City Police Department, who take who have taken umbrage at Batman's departure um, at the beginning of No Man's Land. Mm-hmm. Now, what makes the story work from the beginning is um, Bob Yale's excellent um, setup story. Basically, like out, outlines the outlines the status quo, shows you like what shows you like what. What these what the regular citizens need to do to survive the whole bars in the series that the uh, populace is descended to, and just what who is in control of what right. in Gotham City? Yep. I mean, they go so far in it, uh, and that's just in the first volume alone, mm-hmm. where they set up like basically, you know, um, you know, they're like looking at a map, and you know, and you see like what is controlled, who controls what parts of the city, because the city is not under one particular, you know, it's not like you know. There's you know there's the G- GCPD the Gotham um, City Police Department mm-hmm. then you have the uh, um, then you got Two Face you got Penguin right. Joker they all own like different blocks of the city so mm-hmm. um, yeah so it's yeah, kind of a nice setup you know yeah it's fun seeing like the the map evolve to show it as the volumes go on so it's mm-hmm. five volumes in total right and and just to show you like who like who gains what as the series goes on. Mm-hmm. Even though, like the series, now the series is a crossover between four different Batman titles, hmm. and they weren't all written by the same person. Okay. But what makes the series work is that it obviously had very strong editorial guidance, and that's key for this kind of situation. Because even because, like, you know, with all these different people, like they've got there's a, there's a clear storyline that involves that evolves throughout the entire series. Like basically, like with Two Faces obsession with with Jim with Jim Gordon, right? Again, eventually, like who is. Um, responsible for the fact, for the real why, the real reason why um, Gotham was declared no man's land, mm-hmm. and it's a really, it's a really good um, explanation why because right. well, I mean, it because it involves one of um, the other major DC villains who's basically got one city under his control, and I was looking to get another. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, when you talked about the different villains in there, uh, I actually appreciated the Scarecrow. That, yes, uh, and his role in in this particular uh, in the first volume at least, you know, and I was just it was it was it was really good to see that. I just I loved it um, because he didn't have he doesn't have access to the same resources that he did before. Right, he's so, just working from like a from a street level thing. He's just working solely by his wits in this particular exactly in this particular storyline. Right, and generally, like a lot of the storylines are very good. I mean, it's like you. The writers they got do a good job of getting the grips of this one with all the very various issues that this storyline presents. Only issue I'd have is like generally the storylines stories written by Larry Hama, who went on to write one of the um, 
from what I understand, is one of the most infamously bad runs of Batman in recent memory. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's, reading this stuff, it's kind of like, oh, well, why did they give him the main series to write anyway? Mm-hmm. But, so other than that, it also marks the, um, the, the comics writing debut of um, one, one writer, Greg Rucka, who's best known for, for some crime novels, but has since gone and write some really excellent Batman, Batman stories, and also his own creator-owned series, um, Queen and Country. And he's also, and for those of you interested, he also wrote one of the stories on the Batman Gotham Knight DVD as well. Okay, yeah, that's right. That just uh, recently came out a few weeks ago. Or? Yeah, and <laughs> it's like it's like I said, it's a good overall thing. This is probably one of the this is generally one of the best storyline crossover storylines I've re- I've read because it's got a good good it has a good good sense of direction about where what, what it wants to do, where it's headed, and like I said, it's it's it knows what, and so it's like it's able to by some great writers. Great artists, mm-hmm. and it's it's good overall good story. Even though it's five volumes total, mm-hmm. it's like chances are after you read after you read one, you probably want to go. Well, what happens next? Right. What happens after that? Right. Yeah. Oh, and also some of you might also complain about the fact that oh wait, you know this is the DC universe. Why does the JLA just go in there and um and fix this? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, <laughs> man, story. Yeah, it's like this is one of those this is one of those storylines where you I have to admit that. Just Lee's involvement, like you have to like take this with a certain amount of shooting yourself. Because while the ground reason was given by by the store by the other comics going on was that the Justice League were busy preventing other criminal organizations from, from making Gotham their base, base of operations during this time. There is a nice storyline where then involves Superman um, going in, fixing things, and then realizing that even though he tries, he's um, trying to like give people pack the power and some normalcy. The situation in Gotham is degenerated so far that what he that even what he can do, there's only so much he can do beyond that. There's right. not that he that he can't um, bring things back to normalcy just by his intervention alone. Kind of like he just feels like he's putting a band aid on a bigger problem. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, but otherwise, like from what I understand, it's like see, um, No Man's Land should still be in print. If not, uh, he should probably get it fairly easy from, from Amazon.com or other sources. Yeah, I was over at the Borders and I saw at least the last uh, three or four volumes actually over there on the shelf. So, yeah. uh, whether that's a leftover print, I would highly recommend it. Just based off of the first volume alone, it looks pretty good. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, see, um, Batman and Son recently is still in print as well. It had a trade paperback issued um, last week, I believe. Mm. And um, Hush is also available in print in softcore versions and in a nice twelve issue um absolute edition. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, it's like that's just some Batman volumes. I mean it's like we could just probably keep going on for the rest of the night about other worthwhile Batman stories. Mm-hmm. But we're just like I'm just I just picked out three that I that I, per, that I just thought were worth worth mentioning just because of their particular place in the Batman mythos at the present. Well there you so, go. And yeah. we're looking forward to seeing the movie. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like chances are we're probably talking about this on no podcast for old men when it comes oh, out. Yet another so right to the books, you got me. <laughs> for the movies, you got me and everyone else. Yep. Okay. But hey, that's it for now. We'll see you later. Night.